You are right up Main Street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go by Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13. I remember we couldn't remember the word for table. This is your Welcome America, the podcast that explains what the bloody hell Brits are banging on about. In every episode, we translate British pop culture for America and American pop culture for Britain. You're welcome. welcome. I am Ben. I am Fraser. Fraser Light Razor. Hi, babes. Hi, babes. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. <laughs> just trying to pretend we have not just spent a few hours together. It's yep. fine. It's fine. What's going on with you? What's your goss? Have I told you I had a toenail removed? <laughs> no, you didn't. Wow. Tell you what, New things, Year. <laughs> things are getting real exciting during this <laughs> pandemic for us, aren't they? New Year. I've had that weird toenail for many years. <laughs> Finally did something about it. So what's, what's there now? Nothing. No toenail. I kind of want to have a look. Okay. Show it to me. I'm not going to tell you which tunnel it is. You just have a look. Oh, I see her. This one here, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of still looks like you have a toenail. I know. <laughs> I, just for, for listeners out there, I did not stress the hospital or the medical system. I went straight to the cropodist. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Cropist or chiropodist? I'd say chiropodist, mm. but again... Scotland of it all, plus you living here, who knows? <laughs> who knows? How are you, babes? How are you getting on in this unseasonally, unseasonally, unseasonably? Unseasonably. There we go. This warm weather. Oh, I've been loving it. I've been very happy. Now, I will tell you, I've been, just to keep this pandemic content really exciting, mm -hmm. let me tell you something that I've got into recently. Okay. I stumbled on the YouTube algorithm. Somehow this came up. I watched, I watched one video of someone cleaning an extremely dirty carpet. Okay. In like an industrial like cleaning system. Off the back of that, I found this very softly spoken Canadian man who lives in Saskatchewan, which is one of my favorite <laughs> words to say out loud in Canada. And he has a whole YouTube channel, which is just him detailing, basically cleaning really, really dirty cars. And it shows him cleaning the outside and then he does the inside and shampoos it. And it's all set to this kind of slightly relaxing music. <laughs> I've really got into it. Off the back of that, I ordered myself... A steam cleaner. <laughs> now. Now are you going to clean now? Bearing in mind that <laughs> you currently do not have a US driver's license or a car. <laughs> what is a steam cleaner for? Well, it inspired, it's to clean, you use them to clean every like surface in your house. You like clean your tiles with it. You do it in like grouting in tiles to like make it look white again. It's really, it, it is really good. What I will say is the one that I do have has a very small kind of thing that you put the water in. So it does run out quite quickly. <laughs> What's your constantly refilling it? <laughs> constantly refilling it. And when you are refilling it, because it's very highly pressured because it's steam, you're meant to turn it. I think you're meant to turn it off in between and then refill it. But because obviously you want to refill it loads. I have burnt myself quite a few times where, the, where I've unscrewed the top of it and it's popped off and hot water has splashed onto me and I've burnt myself with steam and hot water. And what kind of noise would you make when that happens? I'm leaning fully into mum and auntie noise like a <laughs> very kind of and then do you say something to yourself like oh no that is hot well i think the last time it happened because i was actually there was so much water on me that it was actually dripping down my face <laughs> i just laughed to myself because i was like well you gotta oh. have a laugh haven't you <laughs> what you like just a third degree burn <laughs> so that's my life <laughs> busy <laughs> booked booked and busy booked and blessed and busy i wished i had more to tell you but that really truly has been what i've done last week <laughs> Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We should say <laughs> we should say what this podcast is about. Every episode, we take a British pop culture topic, we discuss, dissect, we work at the US equivalent, and then we do the same for an American topic. Also, do you remember when we used to be like, "What have you been up to?" And you'd be like, "I went here and I went there." And we're like, "Oh yeah, we did this thing together. Oh, we went to this place where we did it." Now it's like a toenail removal and a steam cleaner. And also, that toenail removal, I had to leave the house. Like that's a bit. That's a big job. True. True. Thank you for listening. Also, by the way, we have our Girls Aloud spin-off show at the moment. You're Welcome America presents Girls Aloud off the record. You're getting episode four next Monday. It yeah. follows the E4 <laughs> classic reality show. All the episodes are on YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, it's <laughs> it's a very strange program. So I urge you all to tune in and listen to what's us talking a lot of shit. What, I, what's an episode four? I, are we in Australia? Are we in China? Are we with Ken Livingston? I think we might be in Greece. Oh, we're in Greece. Maybe. Oh. I think we might be climbing that hill in Greece. Maybe. Or oh, maybe that, we just climbed it. Okay. 
full disclosure, listeners, we have recorded all of the Girls Aloud episodes in advance, and I can't remember any details. No, I don't know what I don't know what year or day this is. <laughs> Are we in Greece? I don't know. Well, with weather like this, it feels like we're in Greece. Don't want to harp on about it, listeners, but we've got maybe three days of mid-January weather where, I mean, we're in the 80s. What, for the UK? 30s. 30s in the UK? Low 30s. Low 30s. Low 30s. We're in the low 30s, UK listeners. That, that is going to go down like an <laughs> absolute fucking shit sandwich to everyone back at home who's like in the like low 10s. <laughs> we're in the low 30s in a country that is crumbling before our eyes. <laughs> Shall we get into some feedback? Okay, first up on our Instagram, if you do want to get in touch, you're welcome, America, on yep. Instagram. We have Trevor Myers. He says, it seriously brought me joy starting the Drag Race UK podcast, Hearing Your Voices, which makes sense because I subscribed to your Welcome America after hearing y'all in this podcast. Stay well. Thank you, Trevor. So he's referring to the fact that we're currently recapping every ep of Drag Race Season 2. If you want to listen to that, it is on... Drag Race Recap. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. It you can is. search for either Drag Race Recap or Afterthought Media, and we are doing it every week on there. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Just a bit of fun. <laughs> and then uh, I've got, so related to that, Chloe from Newcastle, she was listening to our Drag Race UK recap, and she thought, she gave us a little bit of a tidbit about episode one, Ooh. which is the photographer, Kevin the photographer. <laughs> Remember him? The one that shot Jesse J, Cheryl, and who's the other one? Rita Ora. Rita Ora. The, the trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently, Kevin used to be in the boy band V. Now, who were they? And now V. So they were formed in 2003. <laughs> They're called V because it's the Roman numeral for five. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I worked that out. Yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, Kevin McDade was in this boy band that I don't quite remember. But when you look at his uh, Wikipedia, he also was either married to or his ex-boyfriend is Mark from Westlife. Oh, I remember him now. Yes, I do remember him now. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wowzers. He has been to the gym. Yeah, right. Oh my God, you can really see his penis. <laughs> I have some feedback from Thanks. our beloved CLC. She's got, I mean, she's she's got the direct line. Text us directly. <laughs> What's she like? So she's been watching our Girls Loud episode. Well, she's been listening to our Girls Loud episodes. And she wanted to let us know that she went to a press dinner at Sexy Fish... Which must be a restaurant. We'll come back to that. For <laughs> Julian McDonald's swimwear range with Matlan. And it was one of the wildest dinners I've ever been to. He brought out all these male models, even though there wasn't any menswear in the Matlan range. <laughs> they were just wearing actual Julian McDonald's stuff. So, first of all, and then she's got a picture of CLC and Julian. Julian's having a wild time. <laughs> They're in front of a giant fish tank. Sexy fish. The reason I mentioned Jess Glynn is, I think it was uh, the end of last year, she tried to go to Sexy Fish restaurant and she got turned away for wearing, like she was wearing kind of big baggy tracks. Do you remember there's that whole thing on Twitter and it's that picture of her in her mirror and she's like, Sexy Fish wouldn't let me in dress like this. Remember? <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> Sexy Fish must have happened after my time. Where is it like in Knightsbridge or somewhere? Who knows? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for that feedback, CLC. Yeah. Well, back to our Girls Aloud off the record. I've got some feedback via email from Shanina. <laughs> What's the email address again, Fraser? <laughs> it's your welcome America podcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Uh, so Shanina says, hey, babes. <laughs> Thought I'd send you an email whilst listening to the second episode of Girls Aloud off the record, which is massively cheering up my Monday. Aww. Here is me and Callum Best when I met him at a press day in 2011. He was so sexy and charming. I think he told me he loved my outfit as we matched. And she said, hashtag would then, would now. Love you. So, that, so she's she's getting, we're getting rave reviews coming in about Callum Best. We also actually had, um, I got a text from CLC separately about Callum Best <laughs> saying that she also met him at a press thing. And she said he was really nice and very sexy. So there you go. Callum Best, welcome. Yeah, getting rave reviews from the UK. <laughs> Any more feedback for us, babes? Yeah, I've got one more bit of feedback from Instagram. So this is from Sean McSorley on Instagram. And he says, hi guys, I've been a long time listener, first time DMer, but I've got Ooh. some feedback. I'm from Glasgow and I love nothing more than having a few lockdown pink gins <laughs> and putting on Girls Loud off the record for a bit of nostalgia. So it's buzzing to hear you're doing a full recap. Buzzing. So he says, I know this may be too soon a request, but can you please do a sequel series for the passions of Girls Aloud? Even if you just do Cheryl's episode, I'll be happy with that. Love you both. And then he says, hashtag team Lawrence Cheney. 
Oh, I mean, there's a lot in that message. <laughs> team, La- team Lawrence Janey from Drag Race UK Season 2. Girls Aloud, the passions of Girls Aloud. Well, you, let's just say we are very strongly <laughs> considering that request already. Yeah, let's just say there's some planning happening about our next couple of series of Your Welcome America, and that one might be coming pretty soon. Mm-hmm. You're, wel- <laughs> you're welcome. Right, shall we get into the episode? Yes. And we're back. So in every episode, we have an American topic and a British topic, and we discuss it, work out the equivalent, and have a great goddamn time doing it. Ben is up first with our American topic. Now, I wonder what you've got for me, babes. I definitely don't have a clue. (laughs) So, do you remember the Kevin Klein movie, In and Out? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yes, I do remember the movie, In and Out, with Kevin Klein. (laughs) That is not my US topic, but my topic is the fast food restaurant, In and Out. Damn it. So... What, what do I look like right now, Fraser? You look like a 50s diner server. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently wearing an In-N-Out hat because Fraser and I did go on an outing today to an In-N-Out restaurant. And we will get into that experience. But let me give you some basics about the, the much-loved local West Coast restaurant eatery chain. <laughs> Many words there. Okay, yeah. so In-N-Out, it's, it's a local burger and fries fast food place yeah so the first one was opened in uh california in 1948 by two brothers it was in baldwin park that's the park owned by alec baldwin and his brothers yep yep got it hilarious in california <laughs> see and was one brother called in and the other called out sure yep yep <laughs> a few things to note there are no franchises it's all family owned and has been since 1948 oh shit so the in and outs are really still raking in the cash <laughs> in and outs are still in there wow They've never gone public. Wow. This is Future Fraser. Uh, In the interest of transparency in 2021, uh, I don't know what going public means. And when I just said, wow, I was lying. (laughs) Currently, there are 358 locations. And they're all on the West Coast, right? All on the West Coast. Now, one of the reasons for that is one of the key things about In-N-Out is all their ingredients are very fresh. They hand cut the potatoes every day, all that kind of stuff. There are no freezers there which is apparently one of the reasons why they don't serve bacon. Anyway, <laughs> the point is every restaurant has to be in, I think it's like two or 300 miles of an in and out special food processing warehouse. Right. And they're only on the, the West Coast. That's it. Anywho, some few other things about their history. In 1954, their iconic logo came into play, which is still around today. It's in and out in red and it's got a big yellow arrow on it yeah that's the sort of same logo and aesthetic as they've kind of had forever a lot of red a lot of white um a lot of palm trees a lot of palm trees palm trees on everything in fact at every restaurant they plant as i pointed out to you two palm trees that are crossed like crossed palm trees yeah that was a weird a weird thing i never noticed that yeah it's like a little fun fact now crucially with them and what they've been like this whole time and how they've they've sort of kept the same and never tried to to battle too much with the McDonald's and all the other places is they've they've got a very simple menu. The menu is essentially a cheeseburger, maybe a double cheeseburger, some fries, a Coke. There's not much else on it. Hamburger. <laughs> you can really mix it up. So we went today, didn't we? I mean we did. We took a <laughs> we went to a very strange spot. I'd say nestled in between two freeways mm. uh, in, near Pasadena and Glendale was this strange little in and out, <laughs> in and out, and then a kind of closed Japanese restaurant, buffet there, restaurant. There's a buffet, yeah. Uh, they're just in this kind of tiny little kind of parking lot with a with a kind of a an overpass <laughs> in the distance going over the top of us. We sat and had a lovely in and out burger together. Well, before we before we sat and had oh, it, how long do you think we were in that drive-through line for? Like, it felt like maybe 30 minutes. 30 minutes, I would yeah, say so. Yeah, it was really long. It was. I kept saying it felt like we were in a really long queuing system at a theme park. It was like a car version of a queuing system at a theme park, like chain fences. Yeah. It's very long. It's, it's kind of the way with all the in and outs. I think they, own, they expand slowly, the number of restaurants. They mm. don't want to go crazy. And they're not franchised. So because everything's owned by the family, there's only so much they can deal with, those, <laughs> yeah. those in and outs. Yeah, they've got a lot on their plate. So every in and out you go to is always busy. Yes. Like always. And I think 
particularly right now. Look, it's a lovely sunny day. We want to go for a ride. We have nowhere to go. <laughs> so we go to a drive-through, order some food, and sit in the parking lot slash car park and eat it. I mean, it felt like a day. It, it was a mega day out It for was us. really nice. We sat under a tree. Yeah. We parked the car under a tree in the parking lot and had a lovely burger. It was lovely. Now, <laughs> walk me through what you ordered. So I ordered the cheeseburger, but I had got it with no sauce because it comes with this, like, some kind of special sauce. And I never like a special sauce. It's really just Thousand Island dressing. Yeah, mayonnaise and ketchup mixed together, which is an abomination. So I got a cheeseburger, fries, and I got a strawberry milkshake. Mm -hmm. And what did you get? I went to their secret menu. Shh. Fucking secret menu. So this is a big thing within and out. They've got a very simple menu. They keep it nice and simple. And it always has been. But there's a secret menu, which I feel like when you move to L.A., the first time someone mentions the secret menu in that, you're like, what's that? And they're like, oh, let me tell you about the secret menu. Fucking locals secret menu. only. So I Stupid did... fucking animal style fries. Disgusting. So animals... I didn't get these, but animal style fries Ugh. are fries and they've just got loads of that Thousand Island dressing on them. An onion. An onion. More cheap, more cheap. Who knows? Ugh, wet, wet mayonnaise fries. No, thank you. So I did a... Instead of a double-double, I did a triple-triple. Which yeah. is just three three bits of meat. <laughs> I also added some chili peppers, some jalapenos. And I did some fries and I had a Coke. It was charming. Yes. I, the burger was very nice. And if anyone is keeping track of my supposed vegetarianism, I did have a beef burger. Come at me, okay? I, when we were sitting there <laughs> eating it, Fraser had a real dilemma. He's like... I think I'm one of the podcasts that said I was vegetarian and now I'm eating a burger and we're going to talk about it. I, don't, you're fine. I don't want Peter to come at me, you know, throw like paint at me. Do you Especially think after I've done my like, I'd rather go naked than wear fur campaign. <laughs> what, 2008? <laughs> yeah. Me and Chloe Kardashian. Do you think there's someone at Peter called Peter? And <laughs> their Peter email address is peter at peter.com. <laughs> peter at Peter. So yes, that is what we, we had to eat. Now, the food, we'll put all the photos in the Insta because we just sat in the Jeep eating <laughs> off. I mentioned I have a Jeep, by the way. Probably. Now, I want to talk about the fries. Okay. I have an but, issue. Okay. I, a lot of people have an issue with the fries. So the fries, crucially, are chopped from chopped from potatoes. Did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> the potatoes are chopped every day on site and then they're fried there. So that's that's part of their big thing because yeah. like also like the tomato slash tomato and onion everything's chopped on site and is very Great. fresh <laughs> so the fries they chop them on site they fry them they don't double fry them that's Apparently, the issue that's the issue They're, how do you describe them they're a little dry and a little limp yeah they're not they're not crispy enough and they're they're just they're a little sad i have to put a lot of salt on them to make them have any kind of and they don't have much flavor because they're so healthy <laughs> Well, they're yeah. healthy, you know, in inverted commas. But I am a huge fan of a Burger King fry. And now I don't now I have not had a Burger King mm. since I moved to America. So I don't know if Burger King UK fries are different from Burger King US fries. But back in the UK, I would my dream meal would have been Burger King fries, chicken nuggets from McDonald's, strawberry milkshake from McDonald's. That would have been the perfectly combined meal. Got it. That I think they have like a coating. Do you remember? I'm literally like salivating though we've just eaten. Do you remember McCain oven fries? Do you remember the ones that were called Southern fried? Southern yes. fries? Is there a slight powdery slight to... coating on the outside? Yes, yeah. I know what you mean. I, I, I think... Like a fry with a little bit of something, something going on on the outside. Like In terms that. of a fast food fry, I think McDonald's always win. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just phenomenal. And even like the difference... I need... Listen, I'll sample some Burger King fries and really get back to you about that. But mm-hmm. you're correct. Anywhere you go, McDonald's fry is really superior. It's always... Oh, ideal. So we sat and ate those. Now, the cheese they have in them, it all works well, very well together, the burger. It tastes great. Again, because... And I'm a big fan of this. Because that lettuce and that tomato are fresh, they're not like weird... Yeah, it's not limp and Congealed. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. They do have... They use... What I... Well, that's what's what it's called. They use American, American cheese. cheese. <laughs> now, American cheese is it's tough. It's t- well, it's it's very. I mean, it's synthetic. It's yeah, yeah. I struggle with that because you've in you know when you used to pretend to be vegetarian, you've had the grilled cheese. The grilled cheese is whack as hell from In and Out, and do not get it. I do like the grilled cheese at Shake Shack. They do Ooh. a nice grilled cheese. Because the grilled cheese at um, In-N-Out is very half-hearted. It's a burger bun yeah. with the cheese. And they just give it to you. You're like, what, yeah, what is this? It's not like an actual grilled cheese, like a cheese toasty like the other ones are. It's, yeah. it's shit. 
So we sat there in the car. We enjoyed it. You had milkshake. Tell me about your milkshake. How was that? Oh, that was fantastic. So this is another exciting discovery that I made. So Mm -hmm. McDonald's milkshakes in the UK taste fantastic. I came here. Uh Uh-oh. And maybe about six months ago, I finally went to McDonald's and I was like, oh, I'm going to get a milkshake. I really treat myself. It's disgusting. I bet it was all high fructose corn it syrup and released chemically. It, yes. And the thing is, it's not like milk, strawberry milkshakes back at home taste like actual strawberries, but there's something about the flavor of the milkshake here was disgusting. And yeah. I was really disappointed. And they put whipped cream on top. And I was like, excuse me, I did not ask for this. This comes with whipped cream on top of it. No, no. that's already enough. So no. what I will say about this in and out milkshake is it was very close to a UK McDonald's strawberry milkshake. So I was very impressed. It tasted really good. The milkshakes are very good at In-N-Out. They're like proper, proper ice cream. Okay, I want to do some pros and cons about In-N-Out. So pros, I appreciate very simple menu. Yep. It genuinely feels relatively fresh. That, cu- that cucumber, that tomato and onion and everything. Yeah. Another pro, we saw three hot guys at that In-N-Out. True. Well, <laughs> actually, it's a very good point. In-N-Out is the great equalizer. Everyone goes yeah. to In-N-Out. All ages, shapes, sizes. I saw that lovely, that lovely old lady in the back of the car with that string of pearls eating that French fry as she was leaving. Yeah, <laughs> bet she loved that dry French fry. Next pro for me is the aesthetic. So I think because they're family owned and they can only do so much at once, they've essentially kept the same look and aesthetic since the 40s and 50s. Well, I, how did I describe that architecture? Flintstone-esque. <laughs> well, yeah, the architecture of the building had these giant rocks like cemented on that looked very much like the Flintstones live action movie from the <laughs> exactly. 90s. But their aesthetic in general is like throwback vintage diner, but actually because it's the same as it's always yeah. been. Whereas now, you know how like McDonald's never tried to modernize, went to the 80s and 90s yeah. and got a bit too slick and there was like wood paneling and yeah. salads. <laughs> like in and out were like, no. So now that McDonald's and everywhere, in fact, I saw Burger King are changing their logo back to their original logo. Right. So they're trying all trying to, to like, do nostalgia. Oh, let's go back. And then it's just been doing it the whole time. <laughs> right. So actually everything, particularly now with Instagram, everything, everything looks really lovely. Well, it reminds me of that amazing diner that teddy took us to in silver lake is it astro diner oh yeah just like looks like you're like oh my god we're going to this fun throwback diner it's like no 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 this just hasn't changed since like the 60s (laughs) exactly love that place another uh pro is that they really look after their workers so Mm. they pay apparently they pay their workers very well and a lot of it's not that thing of like you know, a, a teenager going to go work at a fast food place for a few months and moving on. Like yeah. their turnover in terms of employees is very low because people love working there and they're well looked after. <laughs> and also they're still family owned, which, you know, can it's feel nice. nice. So <laughs> cons. The fries. The fries. <laughs> but we can, we'll let that go. Okay. The, the, the in and outs can only deal with so many things at once. Okay. I would say one of the cons is the concept of the secret menu to me. It's, it, I find that very irritating, but that might just be a personal thing. But I think it's, it, but it's very clever because the main menu is super simple. Well, it makes people feel special because they know about a secret. Exactly. But also makes feel like people can like personalize things a little <sighs> to bit me, without going crazy. To me, it's the equivalent of one of those stupid bars that has a speakeasy hidden in it, you know? Yeah. That it stupid is. place in Shoreditch where everyone's like, go through the, the Smeg fridge and you go to a cocktail bar. <laughs> Smeg Remember fridge. that place? What was that place? Bre- oh. It was like a breakfast. It's like, oh God, oh, whatever. God. Whatever. Who cares? But you know what I'm talking about. It's like, oh, tap on the bookshelf and you go through to the speakeasy bar. It's like, don't just... Just have the bar and everyone just shut up. There are some people, I would say, who their main personality is the secret menu at in and out Right. Like, that's, like they think, like, that's their quirk. Yeah. But, you know, I always, I actually order, I always order off the secret menu. Mm, it's just a venal style, Fred. <laughs> okay. More cons. Yeah. Republican donations. Yikes. Uh-oh. The in and outs have donated mm. in the past quite a lot of money. There was, like, 25K to the Republicans. However, it's more complicated than that because they've also supported a lot of causes and charities and people that are very Democrat-leaning as well. So they're kind of all over the place. So (laughs) I like to think it balances out. It's not as if there's not been a moment, and correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, there hasn't been a moment where In-N-Out have like, changed one of their burgers to the Donald Trump burger and all proceeds go to building the wall. Or change the name to in and in because they don't want anyone to be out. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) In and stay in. (laughs) So that's a little... um, Well, yeah, they're still not, they're not in Chick-fil-A territory, which is like evil, evil Chick-fil-A. 
However, it, like I said that time, my boss did buy a chicken breakfast sandwich from Chick-fil-A and gave me one and it tasted the best thing I've ever tasted. But that was, but we let that pass because the money didn't physically come from you yeah, and completely. you wouldn't have chosen no, to pay for that. absolutely not. But that chicken biscuit sandwich was the best thing I've ever tasted. And also, life. if you'd refused that, how rude would that have been? Exactly. Could have cost you your job. Well, it could have cost my job and set the gaze back even further. Rude gay won't even eat a free chicken biscuit sandwich. Fucking hell. Another con. Mm. Now this is, we're getting into dangerous territory. <laughs> Talk us through what's the bottom of your cup. If you look at the bottom of any cup of drink that you have there, milkshake or otherwise, you'll have a uh, a, a Bible verse. Just not the full Bible verse written out, but just the, the name of the Bible verse. And you're then encouraged to go and look at it. Mm-hmm. I had pro- Proverbs 2.5. Two I don't know. You tell me. It was your No, cup. no. But is that how you say it? 2.5? I don't know, and I'm not going to learn. I've never, because I never, I didn't even do like, I didn't do any religious upbringing stuff. <laughs> we had, we we got taught this kind of stuff at school, but I learned quite early that the grade you got wouldn't matter towards your final exam right. grade, so I just ignored it all. Yeah, I just don't even, re- I don't even know how to read the Bible. Isn't that weird? So I got Proverbs 2, colon 5. <laughs> what is it? It says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So apparently, according to my cup, God is going to smite me. It sounds like that. Got it. I had a different one, but I can't remember what it was. It was like Angela 2912 or something. Who knows? <laughs> yes, it was. So <laughs> Angela Lansbury 2912. Oh, I would watch that. <laughs> I personally, as an atheist, don't love drinking a drink and feel like I'm drinking in a, a proverb. I was reading about it online. Some people are okay with... Some people aren't into it because it feels like they're very subtly trying to push their religion. Yeah. But other people are saying, well, actually, they're not shoving it in your face. Right. So there are very two different camps about it. But the ultimate thing is that it's a privately owned company, so they can kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. And it does seem that uh, the rest of what they do... A lot of the other stuff they do is very positive. So, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> really walking in, walking in an outline there. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so having gone through those pros and cons, I've been thinking, what is... Why is it so popular? What's the appeal? I think people love the fact that it's family-based. Mm-hmm. People love the fact that it's kind of... It's a chain that's around, but you can't get it in the East Coast. So it's like accessible, but yeah. not com- too, too feels accessible. feels a little bit exclusive. Exactly. As does the men- the secret menu. It's also definitely a thing that if people come from the UK and come and visit, they're always like, oh, well, I want to have an in and out before I go. And you're like, yeah, no, you should. And then you kind of think, I mean, you should just have a McDonald's. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I don't think it's... The, the burgers are good, but the fries are shit. So but, I don't know. But I think another key part is because the aesthetic is very bold and, and throwback since Instagram's come into yeah, play. Yeah. Everything Instagrams very well. Yeah. As you will see on our program. <laughs> that that video I took of you going to go through some stuff in the trash, <laughs> walking back to the car. I'm so annoyed about that video. <laughs> I didn't know I was being filmed. I did not consent. <laughs> Um, and part of the appeal as well, and this is kind of feeding itself in many ways, a lot of celebrities go there. So there's all these kind of like after award shows. It's always the thing of, oh, I won an Oscar. But then there's a picture of the Oscar winner at an in and out in yeah. their dress with the Oscar <laughs> eating a fry. To, who, who goes? Do you have any, oh, any references? Let me, do, let me just do in and out celebrity. In and out. Is it just pictures of Kevin Klein? <laughs> That film is so weird. I don't. I don't. I think I've seen it once. It's definitely about Kevin Klein and Tom Selleck. I feel like in a relationship with each other, maybe. Kevin Klein, look at me. Do I look like a homosexual? Would Would, would you walk for me? In and out. Repeat after me. Yo, yo. Hot damn. Hot damn. What a fabulous window treatment. What a fabulous window. That was a trick. Okay, in and out celebrities, we see Sam Smith. We see very happy Tom Hanks taking pictures with everyone. We see Chloe Grace Moretz after being at some sort of award show. Um, oh, there is a there is an award ceremony, and people are eating in and out burgers at the ceremony. There's Marilyn Manson. There's there's Obama. <laughs> Um, together and there's there's Adele <laughs> Marilyn Manson and Obama sharing a double double I imagine like biting from either side like in a lady in the tramp style <laughs> living in LA when would you other than today when would you go to in and out what's the what's your sort of like trip there well I mean I feel like I'm probably only ever going to go there again when someone comes to visit because but, they'll want to see it 
But that's kind of fun, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's nice to end because you can kind of be like, oh, sure, get in. That's like, oh, I never really normally go fine. Also, I guess maybe I'm a little scarred from my previous experience with In N Out, which was oh. I went to In N Out after, like, on the way back from LA from Coachella. Oh, and it well, was okay. Well, hellish. I was gonna say In N Out for me is very much if you're going on a road trip somewhere, yeah. And when you're leaving LA or coming back to LA, you might you might stop there for a little treat just to get you going. Now, talk me through Oof. coming back. It was very stressful. So yeah, we left. Uh, we didn't like leave at a crazy time or anything, but basically we just got to In N Out and it was just like the drive-through line was so long we just didn't bother so we we lined up inside and the, the line was like snaking around the whole of like the inside of it and coming out of the door and we like sat in there and there's just everyone was in like post coachella kind of Oof. everyone just looked really rough and it just was it was a bad it was a bad scene we shouldn't have done it i also love the idea that everyone else was like Coming back from Coachella, everyone had the same thought. Completely. Actually, actually do you know and what? And it was this one. And I'd, you, fancy, I'd fancy an in and out yeah. That's a good idea. And you know for a idea. fact that if you'd just driven for like an hour back towards LA, you could have gone to a different in and out that would not have had every single person. That It was a real foolish error. But, I don't you know. know. I don't know. I feel like after Coachella, every in and out around California <laughs> is even... Bearing in mind, we were in the, the line today for 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. And Coachella be damned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we've got to think about what is the UK equivalent of In-N-Out. I mean, we've talked about it before, but I think it's super easy. Wimpy. I think it's a wimpy. <laughs> because there's something about In-N-Out that is inherently American, if not Californian. The fact that there are palm tree logos everywhere. It feels like California. Today on a super hot day, you know, we go drive there. Yeah. We sit outside. We eat it in the car. It's very California. Wimpy yeah. for me is... You've just been to the leisure center and it's cold outside and you're a bit damp. You're going to go into Wimpy and you're going to order your, 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 I don't know what it was even called, a, a, a Wimp Mac? No, a Wimpy burger and have it on your china plate with, with your, your knife, knife and fork. fork. <laughs> I have to say, maybe, I feel like, again, we have talked about this before, but I do, you know, I am a huge fan of eating pizza with a knife and fork. And mm, <laughs> I've are. been criticized for that many a time in public. I think maybe maybe my love of using utensils to eat came from Wimpy, where I was like, I will I will cut this burger up and eat it with a knife and fork. Thank you very much. Just to break it down for our US listeners, Wimpy was, and it vaguely still is, but there are maybe like three left, um, a fast food chain in the UK in the 80s and 90s. I mean, it was very much there during our childhood. Yes. Um, and the thing with Wimpy, their USP was everything in, <laughs> when you went inside to eat was served on a China plate with like a real knife with real fork. silverware. That's very British. Actually, it's very, isn't it's it? really funny to think about an American person coming and being like, what is happening? Why are they getting a burger and fries on like a China plate? And we're like, Oh, one must have one burger and fries on a plate. <laughs> Imagine like all of us having like a little cup of tea as well yeah. with it. <laughs> Um, how do you feel about that comparison? I think, I think that's strong and solid. Well, done and done. The UK equivalent of In and Out is Wimpy. You're welcome. And we are back. We've done our US topic. It's time to fling over to the UK. Not that we can get in right now without a negative COVID test. And we are going to have Fraser with our UK topic. What you got, babes? Well, ever since <laughs> Drag Race UK episode one aired... There's been one particular goddess on my mind, and uh -huh. it's not RuPaul. It's not Michelle Visage. Oh. It is Elizabeth Jane Hurley. L LJ. <laughs> Elizabeth Jane Hurley, uh, English actress, businesswoman, and model, according to her Wikipedia. Mm -hmm. But basically, since the moment we I clapped eyes on her in that bedazzled costume-themed outfit on Drag Race UK, I was thinking how much I fucking love Liz Hurley. <laughs> so I want to talk about her with you today. <laughs> That sounds like the beginning of a. That sounds like the beginning of like a school speech. Yes, and I want to talk about her with you today. Exactly. The dictionary de defines Liz Hurley as a businesswoman, model, and actress. <laughs> so I thought I'd just do a little bit of. Her Wikipedia is quite a wild ride. So I'm actually just going to read you quite a lot of things just verbatim from her Wikipedia because sure. they're really fun. So she attended the Harriet Costello School, a mixed secondary modern in Basingstoke. And while in her teens, she became involved with punk fashion, dyeing her hair pink and piercing her nose. What? I mean, I want to see those pics. And she says, when I was 16 in about 1981, 1982, the thing to be in Basingstoke was punk. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part. It says, in 1983, she spent three years studying dance and theatre at the London Studio Centre. She was expelled from the school in 1986 after going AWOL to a Greek island. 
Whoa. <laughs> so if anyone is thinking that Liz Hurley became Liz Hurley at a certain later point in her life, she's been Liz Hurley right from the start. She went AWOL to a Greek island and kicked out of school. I'm Whoa. sorry. Is there anything more glamorous than the idea of a young Liz Hurley doing her dancing and acting training and being like, darling, I'm going to the Greek island. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm going to Santorini and just like never returning. And like that all is... her classmates being like, where's she gone? And they see pictures of her like on a yacht in Santorini. That is spectacular. <laughs> I didn't know this, but that her and Hugh Grant met each other in 1987 working on a Spanish uh, production called Ramado Rem- Alviento. <laughs> Did you know that? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I also didn't know that they were together for 13 years. I, that's interesting because in my head they were... I would have thought they were together for like three years, I, but in our head, it would be like, feels like 13 years. Yes. I, I, I thought it was like, oh, they were together for, I was guessing between three to five years. Cause mm-hmm. I knew that they were very much a solid established couple by the time the, you know what incident slash dress, there's two different things that I'm talking about happened. So let's just get to that real quick. So she was kind of an unknown actress. She was dating Hugh Grant. He took her to the premiere of Four Weddings and a Funeral. Now, Ben, now, how is she what gonna, did she... How is she going to hold that dress together? <laughs> so talk me through talk me through exactly what she wore to the premiere of Four Weddings at a Funeral. Elizabeth Hurley <laughs> wore a decade-defining outfit up there with <laughs> Jerry's Union Jack dress. Yep. She wore a black Versace dress that was held together with gold safety pins. Yes. It is iconic, this look. And it basically started her career so off the back of that picture she became a spokesperson for Estee Lauder she got like modeling work she started getting acting work it's actually crazy that that dress genuinely launched her career it's I guess it's I guess it's a bit like okay Jerry before the Union Jack dress she was a big deal but that Union Jack dress propelled her to something else JLo before the the tropical Versace dress was a big deal but that dress it's, it's interesting how one outfit can go... Samantha Mumba in the spiderweb dress. <laughs> Shout out Julie McDonald. <laughs> yeah, re- repeat offender in this podcast. <laughs> I want to talk about two projects in the body of Miss Hurley's career. Right. First of all, let's just touch on... Let's just talk about Austin Powers. Okay, we got her. So she started in... What year was that? 97. So in 1997, correct, she starred as Vanessa Kensington... One of the most amazing names <laughs> for a character in Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. Vanessa High Street Kensington. <laughs> <laughs> so, crucially, Austin Powers, to me, is one of those things, a little bit like, I can't stand, like, a straight person doing a Borat quote, or, like, people doing quotes from The Office. Like, there's certain things, a lot of Austin Powers has got wrapped up in, like, you know, like, Fat Bastard and, like, mm. Dr. Evil and, like, Mini-Me and just, like, stuff that is for straight people, and I'm not, I don't find that funny and I'm not interested I rewatched Austin Powers, the first one, about a month ago or two months ago. It is so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a genuinely, it's a really funny film. And I think somewhere along the lines of like the cultural like symbolism and the the catchphrases that got taken from it have ruined it for me. But actually watching it back, there's so many more jokes in it that I didn't remember that are really funny. And actually Liz Hurley is very good at it. She's obviously playing the straight woman to Mike Myers in it. So she's playing it completely normal. But uh, it, she's she's really good at it. It's that, very funny. That film was interesting because it wasn't a huge success at first. And then it like found success on VHS. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember getting into it bef- just before it got huge. being like, this is really fun and loving it. But I haven't like you rewatched it. I, I would recommend going back and just rewatching that first one. It is not very... Goldmember. Um, not I... Foxy Cleopatra <laughs> and Goldmember. Now, that she's one all, did have Britney Spears in it. She's a whole lot of woman. <laughs> is that the one that has Britney Spears in it? I think the second one has Britney Spears in it. Who's the... Oh, Heather Graham is in the second one, isn't she? Yeah. And then who's the... Heather Graham. And oh, then it goes to Beyonce as Foxy Cleopatra. I'm a whole lot of women. Oh, the gold member's tough. Oh my God. But although that did give us... Yeah, blow your heart now. Come on. You better work it out. That was the... That's the Foxy Cleopatra song, wasn't it? Which mysteriously, Beyonce didn't use in her (laughs) Super Bowl set. Back to Liz Hurley. Anyway, back to Vanessa Kensington. So, so yeah, 1997, she was in Austin Powers' International Man of Mystery. She'd, that was actually a huge, a huge hit. She actually has a very brief uh, cameo in Austin Powers' The Spy Who Shagged Me, according to hmm. her IMDb. Let's get to the year 2000. So this is the year that she broke up with Hugh. 
Big biz, big year, big year for Millennium. Liz. <laughs> oh my, oh my god. god, where do you think Liz spent <laughs> Millennium, like the New Year's Eve? Well, it says they broke up in May of two thousand, so I'm thinking she, maybe she was with, with Hugh. Hugh. Maybe she went AWOL to a Greek island. Maybe she wasn't with Hugh at all. Much like her, her schooling days, she was like, "Fuck it, I'm going to Greece again." Well, I was reading this thing later on in her career where she talks about lying in a hammock in Necker Island. And I think Necker Island is peak Liz, you know, yes. Richard Branson's island. Yes. So I think on New Year's Eve, 1999, she was on Necker Island. Fuck it, I'm going to Necker Island. Good Necker Rich, can I borrow the jet? <laughs> and she was like a very exclusive, you know, party there. Maybe they're all dressed in white. Anyway, yes. 2000. 2000. Crucially as well, for me at this time, what, I'm 15 at this time. Yep. I firmly had in my little, in my, my wallet... My um, all you can eat, all you can watch, like movie pass. Oh yeah. So I would go to the UGC or whatever it was back then. <laughs> Cine World, Odeon. Maybe it was Odeon. Maybe it was Odeon. Odeon Pass. I could watch as many films as I want for the year. Oh, I One mean, the- and uh, let me tell you something. I googled um, movies released in the year two thousand, and let me just. <laughs> Not to get us too derailed into another subject, but we're, I'm not talking about the big budget releases that year. Aaron Brockovich's, who cares? Great. Uh, 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 Aaron Brockovich is an amazing movie. Uh, the Cell, starring J-Lo, was released that year. Sci-fi, sci-fi flop, The Cell, where she plays the woman that goes into criminals' minds. Don't think I ever saw it. Hollow yes. Man, starring Kevin Bacon oh, I as saw the Invisible that. Man. Amazing. It's like, yeah, Castaway, who cares? Snatch, who cares? Dracula 2000, the movie with Johnny Lee Miller about Dracula, which is really bad. Wait a minute, Halloween H2O? Was that yes. coming out? <laughs> <laughs> Center Stage, the movie about the ballet school. Basically, I'm um, Charlie's Angels. <laughs> Romeo Must Die, starring Aaliyah and, and Jet Li. Basically, all of those movies, none of the ones that you know won Oscars or people actually cared about. Anyway, nestled amongst all those gems was a little film <laughs> called Bedazzled. Promise not to tell anyone? I'm the devil. You're right. Where she plays the devil. Where our Liz plays the devil. So this was, yeah, released in 2000 and basically it stars, this is very crucial that we're now going to get into a, a topic very close to my heart. Who does who does it star, Ben? Say his name. I want to hear you say it. It st- stars the, the star of The Mummy, Brendan Fraser. Hi, I'm Brendan Fraser. You're watching Comedy Central. That's Fraser, not Fraser. If you say Fraser, I know where you live. So that was us being mildly threatened by Brendan Fraser. He's a Fraser like Razor as he well. He's a Fraser like Razor. And I I always knew that in my heart of hearts, but over the years everyone's gently chipped away at my my kind of <laughs> strengthen my knowledge that he is Brendan Fraser. Everyone's well, you, gaslit me into thinking it was Fraser too. You can only you can only like defend and have the energy <laughs> yeah. to to look after your own name. But never I, mind Brendan <laughs> Fraser's last name, his surname. Exactly. But then doing this I was like, let me just look it up because I want to make sure I'm getting it right. I saw that clip and now I already loved Brendan Fraser because of his, you know, work in this, The Mummy, Blast from the Past. <laughs> Can't remember any other projects. Those are enough. George of the Jungle. George of the Jungle. Thank um, you. Um, Encino, Encino Man, Man slash California Man. Yes, exactly. So in Bedazzled, now this isn't going to become a Bedazzled podcast, but it kind of is. He plays someone who's, he's in love with a co-worker and he basically makes a deal with the devil to uh, fall in love okay. with her. But the devil is played by Liz and <laughs> who... I think they, you know, they have the term chewing the scenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liz, as the devil, devoured the entire of San Francisco during the filming of this. She didn't just chew the scenery, she ate the whole city. There's She's a- playing like a high camp, like British sexy female devil. And it's just, and basically this is all, this is all based on that, that kind of, there's many different iterations of the thing. Like they call it the monkey's paw. It's that, it's oh. Faust, it's the Faustian thing of Dr. Faust from way back literature. Hello, my degree in English literature, just used it. And it's basically about, you know, wishing for things and those, those wishes coming true, but with consequences you didn't quite realize. Got it. So it'd be like, if I wished I were a spice girl. Yeah. And then what would my consequence be? You'd you'd they you'd be like one of the Spice Girls that didn't make it into the group. <laughs> oh, I would be I would be Michelle. Yes, the Spice Girl that was originally that a Spice left. Girl and then left. Yeah, so you'd wake up and just be Michelle living her normal life. Oh, that's crap. <laughs> and in the movie, yeah, there's lots of there's one where he wishes wishes to be really rich, and he's a uh, she turns him into like a drug cartel boss, and he gets shot by a by like his enemies. It's very it's very like comedic and dark. But what I will say is, if anyone has any time, go on YouTube. And look up Liz Hurley Bedazzled. And there is a YouTube video where they just in number order show every single outfit she wears in the movie. (gasps) 
It is fucking oh. divine because she's always wearing red. Yeah. Um, but it, all the different scenarios and characters, she has a different style. So she's wearing like a very classic sexy red dress, short dress in the beginning. There's like a long red dress, yada, yada. There's also a schoolgirl outfit that she wears where she's in a school, like just as like she's wearing like a t- little tartan schoolgirl thing and like glasses. At one point she's wearing, because I didn't remember the details of this. At one point she's wearing a pair of black leather trousers with a black like sweatshirt and a, like a little red, it's like a red devil symbol made of like diamantes. Like with her hair and pigtails, like she's like a cute young devil. Beautiful. Just, I urge anyone to not walk, but run to youtube.com and look up every Liz Hurley outfit in Bedazzled. Okay. Do you think when she appeared on Drag Race season two, episode one for the UK, do you think she consciously wore an all red outfit to reference Bedazzled? I think yes. I think Liz is one of those gay icons who is firmly aware of what it is that the gays like about her. She is very similar. She's, she's if, if Jerry Halliwell hadn't lost her mind, moved to the country, started wearing all white and forgotten how to be fun. I still think Liz Hurley, even though she's posh and lives in the countryside, I think she's still firmly got like one... She's still firmly very conscious of the camp value of herself. And that's evident in like the roles that she plays later in her mm, career for sure. Yeah. So I can't talk about Bedazzled forever because, well, I can, but this isn't a Bedazzled segment. This is a Liz Hurley segment. Got it. <laughs> so just real quick, talking about her like film and, film and TV work. I think a true thing to pointing out that she's got a sense of humor about herself in 2015, I think it was, or, or maybe earlier, there was an E original, <laughs> an E original drama show that she was in called the Royals. Did yes. you ever watch this? I watched the first season of the Royals back when I lived in, in the UK. I think I, maybe I just remember all the trailers for it. Yeah. It's completely fantastic. It's basically a fictional version of the, the monarchy in the UK, but she plays the queen. I mean, it is just, and speaking of chewing the scenery, yeah, again, she devours Buckingham Palace and the surrounding gardens and some of the swans and the corgis. She's, <laughs> she's doing like the highest drag. What are you looking at? I've just, I'm just looking at IMDb. I've also just remembered she was in Gossip Girl. Yes. She had a recurring role yes. in God, playing Diana Payne. Yes. This is what I'm talking about. So it went, it went, you know, camp, camp, camp stuff. Then basically, yeah, she did the like arch British villainess in Gossip Girl and then played the queen in the Royals. Like she knows, she knows what people want to see her in and she knows her like camp value. And I just, and she knows her aesthetic and exactly what she needs to be. And it's basically playing a beautiful arch evil woman, British, like dripping with sarcasm and disdain woman, like sweeping in and out of drawing rooms around England. She also was in, for 1992, Passenger 57, a movie that I watched a bizarre amount as a child with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> I don't remember that one. <laughs> don't know. That feels so, like it doesn't quite fit in with the canon. <laughs> no, it's, something, it's like, it's one of those like action movies where something goes wrong on a plane. Something right, like that. Right. Don't know who she played, but she was in it. <laughs> one of the things about Liz is that mm-hmm. because she started her career, you know, on the arm as a sexist person would describe of Hugh Grant at this premiere, her, a lot of her celebrity has been wrapped up in her relationships because the, you know, because of misogyny and that being something that people focus on. But I'm going to talk about it a little bit here. So one of the things, so she basically, obviously Hugh Grant was the 13 year relationship that she was in. Uh, sadly, she, so she was dating a businessman after Hugh Grant and he's the father of her child, Steve Bing. He did actually originally say that, you know, denied the claims there was a paternity test etc etc but he sadly died last year right and she did a statement on instagram saying that even though they'd been like not that close they became close again before he died and they had a very amicable situation there one of the things that she's famous for is that her and hugh grant are still good friends now and had a very amicable breakup despite a lot of (laughs) like dark shit going down then also she dated uh, she dated Steve Nash, an NBA player. And he even said afterwards, like, hang on, there's like a direct quote from him being like, oh, she's great. Like, I still, she's still a really good friend of mine. I really like her. She then uh, dated a, after the, the businessman, she dated an Indian textiles heir. I'm sorry. 
You don't get more Liz Hurley than dating an Indian textiles heir. The outfits. Just the thought textiles. of Textiles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just the thought of Liz at home just rolling around in sumptuous Indian fabrics is just the most perfect thing you could have ever imagine. Oh. <laughs> so being like, oh darling, I just get go, oh, yes, pull down yes, get that little piece of fabric. Oh yes, just oh. imagine her just running around her house like waving pieces of glittery gold Indian fabrics, just like it's just it couldn't be more perfect for her. So th- they got married actually, and they had a I remember this actually. It was in 2007. They had a Christian ceremony at like a castle. And yes. then insanely, like, they went to India and had a, a really lavish, like, Hindu ceremony as well. For like days. Yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> they split in 2010. Again, I'm just, I keep, all I can do is talk about how amazing she is. So, one of the things that everyone was like very rabid about is the fact that he was reported, he was reportedly worth $200 million. Okay. And when they, they got divorced, broke up, she didn't, go for any of his money mm-hmm. and like obviously everyone was just kind of like oh she must have loved this man and married him isn't that crazy and then you know she, she there's this great quote because i'm looking at this really kind of sexist article where they're trying to talk about her, how she has loads of boyfriends this is a quote from her i personally have never received a penny from anybody any boyfriend any husband in my entire life i've never wanted to i've never needed to she said, me and, um, this is the, the Indian textiles, me and my, uh, my husband had, uh, my husband and I had the most amicable divorce in the world. And my lawyer said it was the cheapest case she'd ever handled because neither of us wanted anything. I pay for everything myself and I'm very happy that way. And then in this article it says, like her other exes, Hurley and Naya have maintained a friendship and are often seen holidaying and having dinner together. Oh. So yet another one of her exes. And you know how they pay for that dinner? They split it. Exactly. Because they're both. And the, <laughs> then finally, just to talk about more of her relationships. Then the, the, the person she was also kind of in a relationship with was the cricketer, Australian cricketer, Shane Warne. Remember this really strange oh period God. of time? So they, so they, they got engaged and they never made it, they never made it down the aisle as this article says. So they split up in 2013. And then I'm just going to read you this quote from Shane Warne. Look, we're still friends. We had four years of great times together. It wasn't anything she did wrong or I did wrong. It was just one of those things that unfortunately got a little too hard, but we're still great friends now. We're still friends. I love her. So yet again, another man that Liz Hurley has been with who is like, she's amazing. Uh, she's my best friend. She's, she's just a dream. I just, I just, the, everything I ever read or think about her, I love. And just doing this kind of digging, I was like, oh yeah, she has had a lot of public like relationships. And then just reading this article, I was like, oh, everyone loves her. Perfect. So when she was dating Shane Warne, she got a lot of press in Australia. I just want to play you a little clip of... <laughs> 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 this, this is a clip of her in an airport with Shane Warne. Was it some sort of protest to Cricket Australia? Oh, gracious me, didn't we start off the middle people? How do you feel about this? Last night's game. I feel like so just to describe what's going on in that scene, it's Liz and, and Shane going through the airport yeah. in Australia and there's a reporter asking Shane lots of questions and Liz is just trying to sort of get she her. She basically at one point barges her with her suitcase to get her out of the way. And I like when she goes, oh, goodness gracious. She goes, oh, gracious me. Do you always get in the way of people like this? <laughs> and then and then the reporter says, oh, what, what do you think, Liz? And she's like, I think you should fuck off. <laughs> and then she just turns around, she flicks her hair and then she's just beaming towards the camera like as she struts off. Just, again, is this relevant to anything? Nope, it made me very happy. She's a little... Do you think Liz and Kylie hang out? I would love to see that. Because I think they would have a lovely time together. I think so. I think maybe Liz might be a little too dangerous for Kylie. <laughs> oh, but I think... Mm, you think I, Kylie's got her secret hidden I edge think, that, we, that she never mm-hmm. shows anyone? I think Kylie's got some hidden danger. Michael Hutchins? I mean, the idea of having, like, going to a dinner party with Kylie and Liz Hurley is kind of... I don't know if I could handle it. I think my head would explode. <laughs> so, a very important thing in that clip, we're going to get onto one of my favourite things about Liz Hurley. Did you see what she was wearing? Was she wearing some white jeans? She was wearing some white jeans. Now, very early on in our friendship, <laughs> you, me, and podcast nemesis Michael... I don't remember who came up with it, but we coined the term Hurleys. So Hurleys were what we called white jeans. <laughs> well, it's because, do you remember in the 2000s when we were like around some point in our friendship, there was a trend of men, of those white jeans being, it was like skinny white jeans yeah. for men in London. So we were all, and I remember we had lots of discussion about Hurleys and we were like, thing is I do, I want to get a pair of Hurleys and I do like the <laughs> idea of it, but it's like, oh, we're going to all these clubs. They're going to get dirty. It's really difficult. I, I did buy a pair of Hurleys and yeah. I wore them like 
twice before they got ruined. I had a pair of Harleys and I would wear them with all white Converse. So it was like from the waist down, it was just all white. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. And also the US equivalent of the Harley was the J-Lo. Because she was wearing a white she trouser. She was always wearing a white trouser in the 90s, in, in the 2000s, <laughs> like a, a white jean. So yeah, those are the, the equivalents. I love that. It's a fun fact about Liz Hurley that I didn't realize. In the year 2000, she was a great year again. She was publicly, <laughs> she was publicly criticized for breaking a five-month acting strike to film an Estee Lauder advert to which she was fined $100,000 by the Screen Actors Guild. And they labeled her Elizabeth Scabley. <laughs> By the protesters. She's a scab doing an Estee Lauder advert. I don't feel like that's taking... It's like, what's the Screen Actors Guild care about an Estee Lauder advert? Is that acting? Who knows? I guess she's acting that she likes Estee Lauder, I suppose. I'm pretty sure she like still is the face of Estee Lauder, which is kind of crazy. I also believe that she might use Estee Lauder. Yeah, you're right, actually. It's like just a solid basic. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I've always got my Estee Lauder in my my purse, you know. Mm, Just quick spritz. Yeah, a little bit of... I just use the moisturizer. Yeah, it's very simple. It's very very clear. Very just... Then bearing in mind everything else that she's using is like diamonds and like, you know, the sweat of a unicorn that she's secretly got flown in from exactly the lost city of atlantis to keep her looking so young completely if anything i'd believe that she'd done a deal with the devil much like in bedazzled to look to stay looking as young and as beautiful as she does (laughs) wait a minute wait a minute do you think the devil though did a deal with her and was like look liz just please play me in this role give me good press because it'll make me look really good she's like all right darling i'll do it but only if you keep me looking this age for the rest of my life okay (laughs) great shaking it So, I wanted to obviously think about the US equivalent of Liz Hurley. Yes. So, I went through, I actually kind of cycled through a few things in my head. Okay. And I had a little bit of assistance over text uh, with an unnamed source uh, who helped me come up with this answer. So, I was actually trying to think, like, "Mm, what I didn't want to think of was, I wanted to think of the direct opposite US equivalent rather than trying to think of a refined american actress who's you know oh. uh, so i was being like what would you do if you transplanted the essence of what liz is to the uk and had it to the us okay so it's like this i came up with this answer it's okay an all-american when she was when she first started out all-american you know girl next door sexy was in some very iconic movie roles at the beginning of her career much like liz now is on television and does TV movies, whose name recognition is still the same as Liz, uh-huh. and who, if turned up on Drag Race US as a judge, everyone would be like, yeah, of course, that makes perfect sense. Okay, who is this? Denise Richards. That's pretty good. She's, she's as, as British as Liz is, Denise Richards is as American as Liz is British. Yeah, they're both similar age, similar coming up at the same time. You know, Denise Richards, obviously, Bond... <laughs> You know, which is the director equivalent of Austin Powers. <laughs> you know, but also, you know, like her, some of her early film roles, like the Wild Things, and they're just those like iconic yeah. film roles, especially with gays. <laughs> they're both they're both kind of as gorgeous as one another. Exactly. Liz Gay definitely icons. has Liz definitely has much more of a sense of humor about things. Yes, yes. And as have I told you my Denise story, maybe when I was working a show and she was on on the panel and we had the the creator of Zumba on it and we were throwing to break and the creator of Zumba got up and did Zumba and it was like, okay, everyone get up and join in. Everyone got up and joined in, but she didn't want to. And it was like, you look worse not joining in. Listen, she had a terrible run on The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> she really, things went really awry for Denise on that. But in in the same way that she ended up doing Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, I can, I can envisage if they brought back this show, Ladies of London, which was the London, basically the London version of, of Real Housewives, I can imagine her being a real pro, like, I mean, it would be the pinnacle of their booking process, them getting her. But if they could get her, I think she would be... Elizabeth, Elizabeth, yeah. apparently. But they would only get her if it was Elizabeth's idea and she was EPing yes. it and she was the star and yes. she was bringing in people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course, of course. It would have to be kind of her in control of everything. But I mean, oh my God, could you imagine? I would just... Oh, just taking a quick moment to pour one out for Ladies of London, which was one of the greatest Bravo shows, and they need to bring it back. Never saw that. Oh my god, you! I don't know why how you've never seen it. Do you know what the concept of it was? It was half British, half American socialite women in London. So it was Real Housewives, but they had half American cast, half British. Oh wow! And it was all and all the American women were married to British men, so it wasn't just like they shipped them over just for the show. And they had like full on like it was the whole thing was so fucked. Like the American women were trying to be British, the British women were still shading the american women even though they'd lived in britain for like 20 years you know you know they were always just like 
they were always like, oh, Juliet's very loud, isn't she? And like these poor American women like sweating and trying to be, it was so good. That Caprice sounds... was in the first season. I mean, Caprice. <laughs> Caprice always available. Uh, yeah. So anyway, anyway, so I, that's my, in my head, what I'm thinking. I think it's going to be the American equivalent of Liz Hurley is Denise Richards. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> And we're back. Now, as usual, we're going to end the episode with a game of Welcome Not Welcome, where we say very British, very American things, and we say whether they're welcome or not, i.e. whether we like them or not. Babes, you're up first. Welcome Not Welcome. Welcome Not Welcome. The Body Shop. Oh, welcome. Welcome. So The Body Shop, does that exist in the US? Unclear. It feels, it originally was a very British cosmetic, high street cosmetics brand. (laughs) Oh, what would you get at a body shop? Well, obviously, the body shop, the go-to at the body shop when you were younger was always to buy your mum a like a Mother's Day gift from there, or like a, a mm. <laughs> there was always a gift basket that had some soaps and smellies, smellies in it. Some smellies. I was always a big fan of buying those. Do you remember the bath things that were? They weren't bath bombs. They were like called per- bath pearls, pearls, but they would come in. Some of them were like shaped like little dolphins, or you could get yes. the ones that are different colours. I would want to just go and like rummage through all those different bath mm, things, all different colors shop. and smells. Yeah. I also really liked how all their shower gels and everything were brightly colored yeah. and a bit tropical, but not in a disgusting Bath and Body Works way. And the and the I remember the Body Shop theming inside the stores was very like they were like here's the tea tree section it was all green and then yeah. they'd be like this is the lemon section it was all yellow and it was very visually pleasing. And and then in later years a body butter. Oh yeah, Do lovely. You know, good body butter, shea, maybe tea, like the she, tea shea. Tree oil. Tea, tea tree oil was a real thing because we were teenagers and at your the spot. time for your spots. Oh, <laughs> in my, a, real great sto- a real great stocking filler for like a teenager yeah. in the early 2000s was maybe one of those tea tree sticks and yeah. you would just dab it on your, your spots. And that stocking filler spelled stocking F-I-L-L-A, filler. Welcome. Welcome. Okay, welcome or not welcome, calling a party or a function. A, a shindig. Do- oh. I was going to say, a do. A do. <laughs> Oh, she did. I'll tell you what, Sheila, for, for, for New Year, she did a great do. Oh, we had a, oh, do you remember that do that we had? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> such a good do. She knows how to throw a do. I, okay. A do is a term widely used in my family. So <laughs> when reminiscing with my mum or my grandma, we will, that will be the term that it'll be like, oh, do you remember when we had, they had that do? It was that do they had in the New Forest. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went to that pub and they had a, a do for their Silver Jubilee. I love it. It love makes me that. feel like warm and cozy. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome or not welcome describing someone as dishy <laughs> very uk term dishy to Ooh. describe a man as dishy dishy he's really dishy it's to mean handsome but yeah. it's a really like bygone era term to dishy. describe a dishy total dish he's always such a dish that's you- fun <laughs> that's fun okay welcome um welcome or not welcome this is a, a versus sledging versus sledding oh so in the u.s you would in the uk we would say on well, scotland we say sledging sledging going, yeah, yeah. sledging in the snow yeah. here you'd go sledding no in no the snow. it is sledging very <laughs> very strongly sledging sledging speaking of which i have an image in my head that's just come into my head that i will never forget and it was a year in london where it snowed and me and my friends decided we went to greenwich to like Greenwich Park. Greenwich Meantime. We went to Greenwich. We literally <laughs> did go to Greenwich Meantime where the meantime thing is. We went to Greenwich Park and we were, because we were like, oh, it'll be fun to walk in the snow and it'll be really pretty. And there's this huge hill where the Greenwich Observatory is, mm-hmm. a really big steep hill. And people were sledging down it. But some people had bought, I don't remember, there's this group of people, they had like a, almost like a sheet of like, I want to say tarpaulin. But you know what I mean? Like a, they yeah. have like a big sheet, like a, like a, a big yeah. thick sheet. And there was a whole group of, there was a group of maybe 10 people all on it. Holding on to it. And they it. all were holding on to like a, the edge of it, and, but like kind of sitting in the middle and they all went down the hill and all fell off of it and were like screaming. And they were all solidly in their like 20s or 30s. And I just remember it being like everyone, everyone like cheered as they came down the hill. And it was one of those really like special London memories that's like sealed in my head forever. That's day that we walked around Greenwich, uh, Greenwich Common or whatever you call it. That's fun. Nice. Welcome. Welcome. Sledging. Sledge. Also makes me think that the the snow's gone a bit slushy and dirty. Sledging through the snow. Well, it also reminds me of the one of the best Fifth Harmony songs, which is If you take my pulse right mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. it would feel just like a sledgehammer. Uh, welcome or not welcome, the expression to make a meal out of it. Right, I'm going to go literal here. 
Because to make a meal out of something, isn't that to kind of make a mess out of something? It's to make something as difficult as possible. It's to make a much bigger deal out of yes, something than needs to be. Exactly. Oh, kind of like making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. So you're making like a meal out of something that should only, shouldn't be a meal. <laughs> should, should be a snack. Because yeah, should be a snack. <laughs> but to me, a meal sounds very together right. and refined. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? Do you, wanna, do you know what I mean? So I think from now on, if yeah. things go right, you should say, oh, she made a real snack of it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Marjorie, she made a real snack of it. It was great. Also, I've got a bonus welcome or not welcome. Do you know that no one in the in America knows the term to make a real pig's ear out of something? I, that I that does it, not surprise me in the slightest. I said it, I said it at work once, like last year. Like, I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I made a real pig's ear out of it. And people were like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not very often at work that I sound like completely like I'm from another country, but I did that day. Well, uh, this is my final welcome, not welcome. The phrase chalk and cheese. No, chalk and They're che- like chalk and cheese, those two. They don't say that here. No. Yeah, actually, when you think about it, why why is the phrase chalk and cheese? So chalk and cheese, that's describing two things or people or objects that are incredibly different. Well, they say like oil, oil, and, oil and vinegar. Oil and water? Oil and water. Oil and vinegar? No, oil and, vi- oil and vinegar is what you have in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no, but oil and vinegar. Oh, I don't know. Chalk and cheese. Well, no, oil and vinegar don't mix. Famously, that's... And then you have like... But neither does oil and oil. water. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> if i were to do the time that my friend amy in a restaurant we got we got a salad and she unscrewed uh, the salad dressing and poured all of the salad but what she didn't realize that it wasn't the salad dressing it was actually like a kerosene lamp on the table (laughs) (laughs) no you never told me that oh it still brings me so much joy (laughs) so you all just had a light a light salad dressing of kerosene (laughs) Over the side. Imagine her really chatting away while she does <laughs> it. Well, don't worry, I'll put some oil on it. It'll be lovely. Oh, this is a fancy container. I'll just add a lot onto it. It smells different, but you know, I'll shake it up. Put it on. It's a little spicy, but I guess it's separated because famously oil and water, oil and vinegar don't mix. Well, this one lights. Just light it. <laughs> right. I love it like a flambe salad. So, chalk and cheese, where are we at with that? Oh, not welcome. I had a, an experience with the phrase chalk and cheese on a TV show I worked on, and it tortured me for a solid six months. So, no. Oh, you have to go into that. No, no, no. It's not interesting. I just was making this. We were doing these like comedy sketches for The Apprentice, and we had this one that was called Chalk and Cheese, mm-hmm. and it just didn't work. And oh. we just had to keep doing it week in and week out, and it wasn't funny. Well, as one of your allies, I'm going to say not welcome then. Yeah, not wanna, welcome. I want to support you in your mental health and your career. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That is it. That is the show. You have another episode of Girls Loud off the record next Monday. And you'll have a regular You're Welcome America in two weeks' time. Yep. I have fully become a Liz Hurley stan, as the kids say from now on. So I will be starting up my Instagram account, my Twitter account, everything to do with Liz Hurley. <laughs> and you're also fan of beef. So is it like yeah. be- beef for Liz? It's going to be beef for Liz. <laughs> it's going to be just, if I can find a picture of Liz eating a beef burger, now we're talking. Done. Done and done. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty niche. Yeah. Niche. Not no, welcome. not welcome. Not it's welcome. Niche. I'm it's getting it's in touch. French word. Get it. Say it like the French people. Uh, say oui. Yeah. I know. Très bien. Croissant. Not welcome. <laughs> Although in Scotland, instead of a... a so like the UK, you say like croissant. In Scotland, you might say croissant. Oh. Croissant's too much. Too much. <laughs> anyway, get in touch on our Instagram, our Twitter, on our email. You're welcome, AmericaPodcast we at gmail.com. Oh, she knows it off by heart. And we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You're welcome. You are right up my street. Oh, you can't make me choose. I go by Toyota. Sponsors T4. Fuck me, Lee Ryan's 13! I remember we couldn't remember the word for table.